to the Brian Adams Radio Show. Caffeine for the mind, thoughts that wake you up and make you think. Produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network. And it is for the network of Hear Women Talk. Man, if you're just tuning in with us, boy, did you miss an exciting hour. We just, you know, we've been going at it and back and forth and the energy here. I'm telling you, you, you got to stay tuned. You got to stay tuned. Just kidding with you. We're just starting off today and uh, it's everything we want it to be. Yesterday we had a phenomenal, phenomenal guest, Wesley Goo. We got one that's even going to top that today. Coming in a little later on is Bob Dunnell. He has a show, a program called Next Level for Success. He does weekly. This guy's worked with some of the major people in, in uh, actually, you know, the, the industry of entertainment, of athletics, uh, athletes, uh, real estate moguls. I mean, all of it. But what I want to talk today is is just uh, before we even get started, the caffeine for the mind. You know, I got a couple of emails yesterday after the show, and and, and people thinking of. Uh, you know, it, and it sounds like sometimes I'm saying you you really got to put yourself first, put yourself first. You know, and and, and you do and you don't. I mean, uh, if if you've been on any airline, you know that stewardess comes on and as she's giving you instructions on which door to jump out when the plane hits the ground, you know, uh, and the seat seat can be used as a flotation device. As she's doing all of that, you know, the one thing they never fail. I don't care what airline it is, is they talk about when the cabin loses you know uh, pressure, the oxygen mask will drop down. And they're very specific. Put the mask on yourself first and then help your loved ones and the kids next to you, your older grandparents, whatever it is. But it's put the mask on yourself first. And that's what I'm talking about is, man, I I believe that we're all here for one reason, and it's to grow spiritually. Second reason is to help other people grow spiritually. But in that, you've got to serve. That's how you really grow spiritually. You've got to start with yourself. It starts from the inside and it works its way out. I've constantly talked in mental martial arts is, is, you know, the brain has two purposes, keep you alive and keep you safe, keep you alive, keep you safe. And I do, you know, when I'm doing my program, uh, the mental side of weight loss is, and uh, it, it's such a huge industry. I mean, I mean, I don't think you can turn on any television, any radio station that they're not running how to lose weight, you know, programs. And what I don't see them doing enough is the mental side of it, because it's all mental. I mean, it's, you know, health and fitness, 80% is what you've put in your body. 20% is what you do with your body, but it's always 100% mental. I mean, those thoughts are just always there. And, you know, the cartoon that we used to see as a kid growing up, you know, you've got the little, you know, red devil on your one shoulder, and you've got the little angel dressed in white with the halo on your other shoulder, and, and one guy is saying, here, you can do that. You can get away with it. And the other one's going, don't you do it, Brian. You'll get in trouble. The brain is almost like that. If you picture, when you're, when you're faced with two choices, the first one that overpowers is that little, and I'm not going to say it's the mean dude, but it is the guy that's looking to protect you and to make sure that you're safe, keep you alive, keep you safe. That overrules everything in the instant, in that moment. So when we, we think in pictures, so here's how the brain works, and hopefully you know you always show up to this show with your journal and your pen. We think in pictures. Those, those thoughts are pictures. Those pictures, if you dwell on them, will turn into to movies. So you're thinking in, in, in pictures. Now, those thoughts, those pictures, they will dictate your emotions. Now, from your emotions, that will guide your actions. Your actions is what determines your results. You know, so some people say, well, I'm going to do a different action, get a different result, you know, and, and losing weight is one of them, or, or even quitting smoking is, you know, I'll take a different action, and it, it's very temporary. If you don't go all the way back to the root, which is those, the, those thoughts. So those thoughts dictate your emotions, your emotions guide your actions, and your actions determine your results. So now when, you're, when the pop thoughts into your mind, whether it's 
uh, you know, you're trying to lose weight and you're looking at the double double cheeseburger at In and Out or McDonald's, or whatever it is, you know, pops into your mind. That other part, that little white guy dressed, you know, on your shoulder with the halo, man, he's looking for the pleasure. He's always saying, man, what's what's going to please me? I got to have some pleasure. So it's it's either or, and the pleasure in that point in that moment, the pleasure wins out because the 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 guy that's trying to protect you and keep you alive. Remember, I said it's in that moment. In that moment, that cheeseburger is not going to kill you. So it's like, hey, you know, go ahead, you know. But you know, if 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 he looked and seen razor blades in it, or if you seen someone drop some drugs in it that knew it was going to kill you, it would overpower it, and and uh, it, he would win. So it's like homework assignments. You know, you're given this book report to do on Monday, and you put it off, you put it off, you put it off, because the pleasure guy always wins. Because tomorrow you're not going to be killed by the teacher or yelled at or scolded in front of your friends. So it's not that important. And, until Thursday evening and then, the, then the, the guy that's trying to keep you alive and keep you safe, that part of the brain says, look Mr. Pleasure, you're always doing this stuff with your friends, you're playing Xbox, you're doing this and that we gotta get busy right now right now because tomorrow we're gonna go in there and I'm keeping you alive, I'm keeping you safe I don't want you being ridiculed, I don't want the teachers yelling at you, you come home, you're getting grounded, the parents are mad at you, you're gonna flunk the class, boom you're getting it done, you know it's kinda like uh, the genie in uh, the cartoon Aladdin, what? You, you rub my lamp, you're getting your wish. Hang on, we're getting out of here. You know, it tricks him into it. So that's what you have to do. You have to trick the brain into, and, and trick it, recondition it, reprogram it. You have to decide, you know, what's, what's as important as life and death. You have to make that, because 80% of the time we're just on, auto, on uh, autopilot. We're not paying attention to what's going on, what actions we're taking. You know, you get to the end of the day and you sit down in front of the TV, you're flipping the channels and you're wondering, man, what did I do today? Not really knowing what's going on. So you, you, that's why, you know, it, it's so important to have a, a journal that you, you're tracking and, and, and uh, staying on, on your goals and, and understanding what you're doing every day. But it's in those moments of, of, you know, whether you're looking at that cigarette pack and you're going, man, I haven't had a, a cigarette for three or four days. I didn't even know I could go this long. And then you start playing that, that game and, and talking yourself into it. Man, three days, that's, that's longer than I've ever been. You know, maybe I deserve one or two, you know, puffs or a half of a cigarette and then I'll, I'll quit. And then that'll give me the power to go four or five days the next day. You can't do that. Man, you've, you've got to nip it in the bud. You've got to, you know, cut it off quick and clean. But you've got to understand what's going on in those that 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 mind of yours is is you know the brain wants to keep you alive and keep you safe. That's why when you know you hear all this negative stuff about you know the the oil rigs and and oil drops and and you know what's going on in the Gulf Coast and the uh, the shrimps are going to be so much money and it's that negative stuff that makes the brain pay attention and and uh, but see since we're not right there in it, you're not standing there foot in the sand and you're not swimming trying to pull yourself out of a a, a deep oil well. You know it's you're not it's not life or death to us you know we kind of just shun it on listen to the news and let them kind of slowly penetrate us with the negative stuff of, of, of what they feel you've got to do your own research you've got to do your own reading you've got to you know what's important to you don't let someone else program and let you you know let kind of tell you what's important to you you have to know what path you're on and where it is that you're trying to get to and then you've got to understand you got to recondition so that when something does come up your brain says wait a minute man that's a, that's as important as life and death to this cat man we got to make sure that no you know he, he's not having any of, of the dessert and I'm telling you you do that stuff you, you shock yourself into it you're sitting around the table at a restaurant your chilies Applebee's whatever it is Lone Star restaurant and you're doing good you have the grilled fish you got the vegetables man you're doing real good and the lady comes over with the dessert tray and you know at the good at the 
the smart restaurants, you know, they don't just read it off to you. They bring it over there on a tray so you can see it. Remember that picture? They want they don't want you painting your own picture. They want you to see exactly how great that dessert is. So your mouth starts watering and, and the neurons in your brain are firing off going, mm, just a little bit, maybe just a little bit. Remember the and the pleasure brain is saying, I gotta have that, I gotta have that. And you know, and then in, in that instant, you know, the brain, the part of the brain that's trying to keep you alive, keep you safe, in, in that instant, that cake ain't going to kill you. That cheesecake ain't going to kill you. The ice cream with the fudge on top is not going to kill you. It's in the long term. But you've got to make it so strong, and you've got to play those images in your mind so much. That's what we talked about with Wesley yesterday. You, you get that board, you know, that dream board, and make it a nightmare board, and just you know, put all the pictures up of obesity and, 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 and heart attacks and the clogged arteries and stuff, so that when you look down at that plate of of that tray of all the different desserts instantly that part of your brain that's trying to keep you alive and keep you safe it looks down instantly and all it sees is clogged arteries all it sees is heavy breathing all it sees is type 2 diabetes all it sees is you you know in that chair being pushed around not being able to run and jump and play with your grandchildren you know I know uh, producer Dustin with his, his son Eli right now and, and his, his uh, dad which is the granddad of Eli and Jeff I mean, you know, I know that guy just wants to chase him around and, and, and play golf with him and take him fishing and hunting and all the stuff that you do. I mean, he's been looking for a grandson. I mean, that's why we have children, so we can have grandchildren. I mean, come on. Don't let yourself go. You know, whatever it is, whether it's weight loss or business, relationships with your, your spouse, with your children, you've got to know what's going on in that brain. And that pleasure brain is usually going to end up winning if you don't convince the part of the brain that keeps you alive, keep you safe. That how important things are. I mean, that's how so many guys get into trouble with these affairs. I mean, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, looking at all these beautiful women and the pleasure brain very easily was able to, you know, win out because in the instant, you know, it isn't life or death, you know, but when you make, you know, the relationship, your children, your wife, when you make that as important as hurting them is, is, is uh, death to you you know that that part of the brain will win out I mean but you, you've got to know what it is you've got to recondition yourself you've got to understand that you are the master of your own destiny don't let other outside forces you know program you condition you you got to take control you've got to that's what this show is about that's what these guests are about we're gonna take a short break when we come back man I'm so excited to bring on good friend mentor uh, personal development coach Bob Dunnell we're gonna take a short break come back with him we're gonna talk about Make winning, uh, having a winning inner mind game, and, and and that man, that's what we, that's everything that I just described. So we're going to take, you know, grab your pen, your paper, call your friends up, tell them to tune in, and here's the number. Write that down: nine one four three three eight one one eight six. I know I throw, a, I, I've thrown a lot of stuff at you in a short amount of time, but we're going to slow this down. Me and Bob are going to talk back and forth. I want you to call in nine one four three three eight one one eight six. Any personal development uh, questions you have? any business marketing I mean this guy uh, it's free advice I'm telling you something that would normally cost you five to seven dollars you know five to seven hundred dollars an hour you're gonna get for free we'll be right back we have a special guest today one of my friends mentor personal development guru as you would and uh, Bob Dunnell and before he comes on I just want to tell you a little bit about him one, he does a program every Wednesday called Next Level for Success, which uh, is a big you know community of just you know hungry for personal development and business strategies. But in the world of personal development, and as a uh, uh, you know strategy coach, you know Bob's put himself way above you know as one of the big leaders in the industry. You know he's uh, separated himself from you know as as one of the true leaders. 
at 18, he started a nonprofit organization for uh, at help risk you know families. But you know, even at 18, uh, you know, just you know, he had already dealt with some stuff, and I think you know maybe that's what sets us on our course is, is things that happen to us uh, as as children. And I know at a young age, you know, you know, Bob was faced with an untimely loss of his mother uh, during his teens. Uh, later on in life, you know, a tragic losing his three-year-old daughter in a freakish car accident. You know, but Bob, you know, just, you know, at, at one point said enough is enough. He took everything, all the hardships and the pain that he was going through, used that, learned from it, you know, turned it around, decided that life is too short to continue struggling. He's developed, you know, since then, he's developed how to run businesses and be successful. But, you know, that's not enough because in Bob's heart, it's about not about him as much as it is giving back to the world. And so he's taken everything that he's learned and now he you know, distributes with other people who, you know, want that life, you know, to, he teaches them, man, look, you can design your own life, you know, take it, you know, as he says, in the next level for living. And so he shows, you know, the strategies and the techniques to, to getting the results that you want in life. He's a results coach. He's worked with people like Long Beach Grand Prix, Airborne, you know, World Ventures, Remax, Oakley, Prepaid Legal. I mean, he's done a lot of work uh, in the entertainment industry with the Academy Awards, the WB Music Awards, uh, Victory Awards, the Grammys. I mean, you know, met and, and studied and, and, and worked alongside of people like Garth Brooks, the Backstreet Boys, uh, you know, one of my favorite, Reba McIntyre, you know, even... Uh, you know, Will Smith, uh, you know, just it, it goes on and on and on. You know, he's been doing this well over 20 years. Please help me uh, welcome uh, Next Level for Success, Big Bob Donnell. Bob, are you there? Say hi. Um, wow, thanks, Brian. Appreciate the introduction. That was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it took, took, took several years for you to get that introduction, Bob. I mean, you, it's not, you know, you don't get to sit down as a 15 year old kid and, and, and write that kind of stuff out. It's uh, as, as much as I think you need to plan out five and ten years in advance. I don't think any of us would sit down and go, "Man, I'm gonna do this, this, and this," and you know, and, and describe all those hardships. But I mean, I, I think that's what you know shaped you to be uh, the person that, that that I've you know grown to know and love over the years. Mm, well, thank you, Brian. I feel the same way about you. And uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely the experiences that we go through that uh, that shape us. And, and I was talking with somebody yesterday, and they said, uh, you know, I hate friction. And I said, you know what? Friction produces uh, the result of a match being lit. Friction results the the in in a knife being sharpened. You know, I mean, there's so many positive things with friction that we sometimes are avoiding friction at all costs. But it's it's some of that friction that really creates those magical um, those those things about us that create the, the longevity, the strength, the the fortitude, the intestinal fortitude for us to get the results that we really want in our lives in the future. Man, I mean. It- I mean, we can hang up right now and let people just <laughs> sit there and, and, and ponder on that, because uh, man, I'm, I'm I'm almost stumped as the host. But what I want, and I'm I'm kind of almost stuttering a little bit and, and, and being stumped because anyone listening right now, I want them to to grasp what you just said. Friction, you know, friction. Friction meaning like uh, the struggles that people are going through right now, and, and the hard times, and and the scrapes, and and the the bruises that we get. But you know, think about what you just said, and, and uh, you know, it's friction that you need to, to, to strike and light a match. It's it's, it's friction that, that sharpens the knife. And I love when you say sharpening the knife because, boy, I know some of the bad times in my life. What you know, I considered was a friction, and I and I couldn't wait to get out of it. 
but it, you know, that's what really sharpens you as a, in, uh, as, as a business person, sharpens you as, as your skills in, in marketing, sharpens your skills in sales, sharpens your, uh, your, I guess your talents as a dad, if, if that would be the word talent. Uh, but it is, it's that friction. And, and man, just to keep saying it over and over again, it's kind of like, and Bob, you're as old as I am, so uh, we both know, remember the old Polaroid cameras. I mean, nowadays everything is digital and it's uploaded on Facebook instantly. But when we grew up, you had that Polaroid camera. Remember, and you have to take a picture and it spits it out at the bottom. <laughs> it had like that little half inch wide strip at the bottom, and you could you kind of held it there. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. You'll get your fingerprints on it, and you could watch it develop it. You know, but you, you had to hold it and yeah, you, you had to hold it and stare at it for a while. So that's what I'm you know kind of you know hanging right there because I want people to get that man if they're going through through something right now it's that friction that's that's sharpening them their skills and honing in on them uh i mean for, but let's say you know they're, they're going through the friction and i mean i know you've worked with uh a lot of real estate uh people that sell the real estate people that do the loans in real estate i know some of the uh, athletes that you work with some of the people in entertainment and over the last you know several years i mean let's be realistic the economy you know just took a nosedive and, and that's not being negative that's just being realistic and I know you work with a lot of people, and boy, it's one thing to say, "Oh, you know, friction. This is gonna make you stronger." But you know, how do you how, how do you help with people when they come to you, you know, like that? I mean, it's their whole world has been turned upside down. Well, you know, I think I think one of the first things is to realize and help them realize that friction is part of life. Friction is also something you know. Challenges create um, opportunity for us. You know, Randy Pausch, the the guy who wrote the last lecture and did the last lecture, an amazing guy. And one of the most amazing things that he said in his lecture was he said, you know, challenges, obstacles in life are not meant to keep us out. They're, they're meant to make sure that we want it bad enough and to keep those out that don't want it bad enough. And when you, mm. stop it, you start putting the right perspective on challenges or on obstacles, you begin to see the benefit of them rather than the detriment of them. And uh, one of the things mm. that, that I know for sure is that when we, can, when we can establish a benefit from something, we will tend to look at it differently. So uh, one thing I just, uh, have created is, is a program called Price Paid, and, and I teach this all over the country. And what I tell people is, look, every experience that you've had, negative or positive, every experience that you've had in your life is a price paid. You've paid the price to be where you're at today. And so how many of you guys would, would go to uh, Nordstrom's buy a pair of shoes or buy a handbag, pay a couple hundred bucks, and then walk out of the store without that merchandise. Nobody mm. would then If you did, you'd race right back in there to grab it. The difference is, is most people are paying the price. You know, most people are paying the price to be right where they're at right now, and yet they're not going back in and claiming the merchandise. So what I tell people is, when you go through a, a, a trying experience, when you go through a challenge, look at it and say, price paid and be done with it. Mm. I'm going to take that experience, I'm going to take that knowledge, take that wisdom, and I'm going to take it and move it forward and start applying it to the benefit of myself and to the benefit of those people that I care about and, and, and the world at large. So price paid is, is such a, perspe a huge perspective for people. And once they make that shift, uh, it, it creates such an awareness for them to, to be able to really move beyond that. Oh, man, that is, that's, that's phenomenal. Price paid, and when you mentioned, like you know, you're saying you spend three hundred dollars on a on a on a handbag, you know, price paid. You don't leave it at Nordstrom's. You get outside to the car and you go, oh my god, I left my bag, and you and you jet back in there. And I'm sitting here picturing. I've, I've known some guys that uh, over the years that you would think, man, they go through these struggles, and I'm thinking of the things that you know they've been through, and I'm sitting there going, well, you know, they 
it's a great lesson learned. They're not going to have to go through that again. And and next, you know, the next day, the next week, they're they're right back in there. So it's like they're almost, I'm, as you say, they're 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 running back into Nordstrom to grab that bag because they've already paid the price. I've, I know some guys that just run right back in there and keep doing the same thing over and over again. And I've told them, I said, look, man, those are blessings, and you're leaving them on the table. I said, trust me, and you're going to keep getting blessed until you learn that lesson. How many times do you want to do this? How many times do you want to pay for that same handbag before you take it out of the store? That's phenomenal. Oh, mm-hmm. what else you got for us, Bob? I mean, that's you were. I know we we talked earlier. You know, you got the uh, athlete guy going through transition. You know, entertainment uh, and some other stuff. And uh, I mean, and, and what do you want to share with us? I'd bring up the real estate because I know that's a tough market, but it's it's tough in you know a lot of business areas. I mean, where do you, where do you see the economy going? And 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 the quickest way for people to get back on you on their feet now don't do like my buddy les brown says and when i ask him that you know what's the fastest way for people to get back on their feet and he said miss two or three car payments <laughs> and i said hey come on, what, as, as funny as that is <laughs> you know what, what do we really do what do you got bob well you know i think the, one of the things is is we've, we've got to start supporting our our inner game that inner game determines whether we will or whether we won't whether we believe we can whether we believe we can't and so so many people have said you know i'm going to lose weight or i'm going to um i'm going to finally take care of my finances once and for all or i'm going to start developing that relationship with my wife that i've, I've really been lacking or uh, developing a relationship with my kids and we, we we have these intentions but we don't ever have the foundation that will support the actions required to get the results desired. And that foundation is your inner game. That, that foundation is that belief system, that, that set of beliefs that, we, that will actually allow us to take the actions necessary to get those results, uh, results desired. So one of the things that I talk to people about is this inner game. And I say, you know, if somebody presents you with an opportunity, you say, well, right off the bat, you say, I don't have enough money. Um, or, well, I don't have enough time. Or you start, you know, making justifying things that, well, why it's not important to you. The chances are is your inner game is weak. And, you know, and, and one of the things that, you know, our good friend Wesley Gu, he and I talk about this a lot when we sit down and we have coffee and we talk about this stuff, because it's so important that people understand that we cannot minimize the, uh, the results that we're getting. We can't, we can't soften the approach. You know, I was talking to a lady the other day that said, you know, well, I've gained weight because, um, you know, because I have, uh, you know, I had a child and, and, and you know how it is when you, when you, when you have a child, you just, you just typically gain weight, and then you just, you know, it's hard to lose it. And I said, well, you know, I know a lot of people that have lost, uh, that have had a child and, and lost their weight right away. And I said, now, uh, again, I'm not saying that you're right or wrong. What I want you to do is not give yourself the out and make it acceptable. Because I believe mm. that once you make something acceptable, it becomes inevitable. Once you, mm. Let me say that again. Once you make something acceptable, whether it's, well, um, if I if I gain a few pounds, I'll just try. I'll just get a bigger pair of pants. As soon as you decide that you'll get a bigger pair of pants, guess what? You might as well go buy them because you're going to end up buying them. You know, once yeah. you say that, well, it's acceptable for me to to uh, you know um, do this or do that. As soon as you make the acceptance of it, the odds are that it's going to become inevitable. So I really mm. tell people, look, watch your language, watch what you're saying. You know, one one of my other clients said, you know. Um, my husband, he's, he's just this way. That's just the way he was born. That's just the way he was raised. And I said, mm. don't give him the acceptance of that either. Because yeah. as soon as you say that, you're giving the allowance for that to be. And it does. And once you have enough pain about something, you'll make the radical change that like you were talking in your intro. So yeah. if you help them feel the pain of that. So yeah. what, I've, what I encourage her to do, or what I encourage um, 
the husband to do is say, I'm just too tired to get home and, and take my wife out to dinner when she wants to go. I know she's been with her kids. I'm just tired. I tell him, look, you know what? Why don't you walk up to your, your wife next time that she asks to go out and say, you know what, honey? I'd love to, but you know what? You're just not that important to me. Ooh. I said, and what's the response you said? You're going to get smacked upside the head or yelled at or something or left. But the, the <laughs> pain of that, the, the pain of having to say that is probably going to negate you saying it at all. So we've got to create those, those yes. things that create that pain. Oh, that's it. Hey, and, you know, and I like what you said, you know, making it acceptable is, uh, you know, I talked to my nephew several months back and, and he could probably stand to lose, you know, 40 pounds. He thinks 20. And I'm saying, nah, you know, if, if you got realistic, it'd be 40 pounds. I said, but, you know, whether you lose any or not or make the decision, I said, uh, why don't you go ahead right now and, and, and write down how big you want to get? And he looked at me like I was crazy because I usually tell people, you know, you got to set your goals. I said, well, you know, what do you like? And like you just said, what are you willing to accept? I mean, are, are you going to go from, you know, 220 to 260 and then you'll say that's enough? Or is it going to be 280? I said, you know, at least, you know, as you're stepping on the scale, you can know that you're getting close to that. What is going to bother you enough? And, and just by having him do that going, well, no, I'm already big enough. I said, you know, he meant, I want to lose. I just said I want to lose weight. I said, well, you're saying that, but your actions are telling me something different. I mean, so, you know, you know, like you said, you know, feel that pain enough. Uh, I, I want to take a break and I want to come back and, 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 and get into this a little deeper because I love that, you know, the, the uh, feel the pain and, and, and what you had the husband, you know, had, try to say out loud. Like you said, he, he wouldn't even be able to say it out loud. You, you'd go, no, you know, and you'd get up and you'd, you'd do whatever it took to take the wife to dinner. We're going to take a short break and we'll we are live with our buddy Bob Dunell. I mean, we're talking about just you know how to take your your, your life to a next next level. You know, uh, Bob does a program called Next Level for Success. Be a part of the show. You got any questions? You want to uh, you know join us? Give us a call, please nine one four three three eight one one eight six. Again, that's nine one four three three eight one one eight six. Before we left for you know cut for the break. You know, Bob was sharing with us, uh, you, you got to feel the pain and uh, talked about a husband that, you know, come home and uh, really doesn't have the energy or the motivation to, you know, take his wife out to dinner, even knowing that, you know, she wants to go and do something. And Bob said, you know, what? Well, you know, next time you get home and you're feeling like that and, you know, the wife wants to go out to dinner or she asks you, hey, can we do something? Just look at her and say, no, honey, you're really just not that important to me. <laughs> and I think that's just, you know, that's just beautiful. I mean, because, uh, I don't even know if you can really have the, you have to think it first and then you say it and I don't even know if you can finish the thought before you say no I got a lot of energy honey come on let's go but uh, hey Bob give us another example of that you know feeling the pain yeah you know I've, I've got a, um, a coaching client that wants to lose some weight and she said that you know I said well what did you do when you gained that first 5, 10, 15 pounds she said well I, I, I got bigger size of clothes and so I said how much if you took a, a, a guess on your closet how much of that fits you now versus how much of it fits you before she said probably half of it doesn't even fit me anymore I said great mm. here's what I want you to do I want you to wear a size clothes at least one size possibly two sizes smaller than you're comfortable in from now mm -hmm. on. And I said, because what's going to happen is eventually you're going to say, you know what, I don't want to wear this size. It's, it's too uncomfortable. That's going to solicit change for you. And I said, you've got to feel the pain of your decisions. If you don't feel the pain, then you will, you will, uh, you will convince yourself that you're receiving pleasure from it. Even though you're not it's perceived or otherwise, you'll convince yourself that you're receiving it. So, so we've got to start finding those little things, making sure that we're not saying things that are just to justify, like, well, I just don't have time. Bull, you have time. 
well, I just don't have enough money. You, it's amazing how you find money for the things that are really important to you. You know, if somebody yeah. was going to offer you, you know, something that you really, really wanted and it was going to be 500 bucks, you would you would do everything you could to scrape up the 500 bucks. It was something you were really passionate about. If, you're, yeah. if your child sick and you had to come up with $500 to get them into the hospital, you'd figure it out. So yeah. we've got to find ways to create that sense of urgency, create that pain for us. Otherwise, we're going to settle for a life of mediocrity. We're just going to settle. Mm. Mm. And I know, you know, during the break we were talking and... Uh, you were talking about you know, you know, feeling the pain and the price you pay and, and, and what it's costing you. And you know, earlier in the show, you had mentioned, uh, you know, you go into you know Macy's or Nordstrom's or something, and you spend three four hundred dollars on a purse, and you wouldn't leave it there. You know, that's the price that you've paid. And you get to the car, and you don't have that bag with you. You're running back in there. And and when you had talked, you know, mentioned it, you know, during the break of the price that you pay, I'm sitting here going, you know, yeah, you know, how many times are you going to, you know, spend three or four hundred dollars on the same purse before you take it out of there? But you know, what did you mean by you know uh, what it's costing you and 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 that whole realm? Okay, that's a great question. And you know, for the listeners, what I want to ask you right now: think about that one thing that you wish you could change more than anything right now. Maybe it's your weight. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's a relationship with your kids, a relationship with other people. Maybe it's your career. That one thing that you go, man, if I could just get this changed, I just know that I would feel so much better. What I want you to do is really vividly imagine what that would be like if you could change that. Think about that one specific thing you want to change. Now let me ask you, what did it cost you to not change that in the past? What did it cost you to not change your eating habits in the past? Did it cost you health? Did it cost you vitality? Did it cost you energy? You know, maybe your kids were, were small and you, you just didn't have the energy to play with them. Maybe you, uh, you know, you didn't make as many sales calls because you just didn't take care of your eating habits, so therefore you were, you were out of shape, you didn't feel very good, you felt sluggish, and you didn't make enough sales calls. Now, what did that translate into? Well, that means that I didn't make enough money. What did that translate into? Well, that means I didn't provide what I wanted to for my kids, for my family, and I didn't create security. Yeah. You start doing all these things. So what's it cost you in the past? Now let me ask you this, what's it costing you right this moment? This moment in your life, where you sit, where you stand, wherever you are right now, think about what is it costing me to not change these behaviors that I've done in the past? And then let mm. me ask you this, if you don't make a change, if you don't make a change today, what's it gonna cost you in the next 30 days, in the next three years, in the next five years? What's it gonna cost your future? What's it gonna cost your family? Folks, if we don't get real about what the true cost of our our, our, our mediocrity, what, the true cost of what it is that's stopping us from getting the results that we want, if we don't understand that, we'll never make the change. But once you ascertain the true cost, you'll begin to look for ways to make the change, and I can guarantee you that it's gonna start with your inner game. It's gonna start with that voice inside you that says, you know what, you lied to me over and over and over again and told me you were gonna do this, and every time you lied to me, and, you're, and I don't believe you anymore. Mm. Well, that's what our inner yeah. it, just, it just gets sick and tired of us lying about it. So it doesn't support us anymore. So now we need to start layering and creating support so that we start creating an inner game that supports the actions required to get the results desired. And I love that, too, because, you know, when, when you sit there and you're, and you're saying, what does it cost? Uh, you know, because we both know that, you know, it's when something hurts bad enough, you know, you'll 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 make the change, and it's a. Uh, you know, I love the story is is the uh, especially you know growing up in North Carolina, but there's a story of you know walking home from school one day, and there's a guy named Mr. Tate sitting on the front porch in his rocking chair, and you know, he's rocking back and forth, and uh, the, the the dog is just laying there and moaning and groaning, and 
you know, after walking past him a couple of times, uh, you know, finally on the third or fourth day, you stopped and looked up and you said, man, man, Mr. Tate, you know, it's, I don't want to uh, bother you and, and interrupt you, but, you know, is there something wrong with your dog? It's, you know, just laying there and it's just whining and moaning and groaning. And, and is there anything I can do? And Mr. Tate looks at me and says, Brian, nothing you can do. You know, dog's just laying on a nail. And I started to walk away and I turned back and, and I go, Mr. Tate, well, if he's laying on a nail, why didn't he get up? And he goes, Brian, the nail doesn't hurt him enough to get up, just enough to make him moan and groan. And that's how we know so many people that go through life like that. And when I heard Les tell that story, I was like, man, isn't that true? Because we, we you know, is, and, and if you're not careful, you'll be surrounded by people who love to moan and groan about life because they want you to join their, their pity party. So you've got to have enough pain to take, take action. And what you're saying, and I love the way you're, you're uh, saying write down and, and look at it and really be specific on the, uh, what it's costing you. Because when you say cost, most people picture money. And you know, money is a big motivator for people. So if they really start realizing what it's really costing them, whether it's your health and you got to pay out more for the bills or the money that you're losing because you're not making the sales calls, you know, all of that. And, but you had mentioned earlier in you know creating a a, a winning inner game, uh, at the beliefs. How do you build the belief? Well, you know, the belief has got to be something that that. I believe that when you look at your core, what is the something that you can really have a belief in? And you already have a set of foundational beliefs. Now, you may not believe that you can be a millionaire. You may not believe that you can. Now you're not getting, and now your belief system starts to say, you know what, it wasn't good enough that I went and got a job. It wasn't good enough that I got out and got an education. I got a job. It wasn't good enough. What else is there now? So now you're going to have to form a new set of beliefs. And that might mean that you're going to have to think about things a little bit differently. It might mean that you're going to have to enroll a coach. It might mean that you're going to have to, to start, you know, ascertaining and learning some different things about your business, about your life, about who you are. And one of the most important things I do is I tell people, look, who you are is more important than what you do. It's more important mm-hmm. than the car you drive, the house you live in, the money in your bank account, because who you are will determine the quality of every other area of your life. Hmm. Hmm. You know, that, that, that's phenomenal. And it is because, you know, I know it's just uh, when I say, you know, I tell the story of, you know, being, you know, a nine-year-old kid and my brothers and sisters used to pick on me because I was the only one that went to church. And, uh, you know, every Sunday morning I'd be outside, you know, waiting for the church bus to come by and uh, they picked on me. And, and, uh, and I didn't go to church, you know, every Sunday because, you know, I loved religion so much. But I knew that, you know, if I was on that church bus, you know, Sunday morning, I didn't have to be at home. You know, when the drunks woke up, you know, our house was the party house, and that was a way out for me. You know, and when the bus driver dropped you off, he gave you a candy bar, so, you know, that was that was great, too. It's so killing two birds with one stone, but, you know, at nine years old, I remember, you know, I remember, you know, nine years old stepping off the bus one Sunday, and the uh, the bus driver had yelled at me, you know, hey, Brian, and I turned around, and he's going, hey, man, what are you going to do when you grow up? You know, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at this apartment I'm getting ready to go into, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm you know, 45 years, I'll be 46 this year, and I'm still not sure what I'm going to do when I grow up, so I know I didn't know at nine, you know, but I looked at him, looked at the apartment, I looked back, and I said, you know, I don't have a clue what I'm going to do, you know, when I grow up, but I know exactly what I'm not going to do, and uh, I knew right then, you know, that was like one of the seeds that God had planted that, you know, I, you know, the world was open to me on what I was going to do, because I was so positive on what I wasn't going to do. I wasn't going to be waking up on Sunday morning apologizing to my kids for something I supposedly didn't remember. And I knew exactly what kind of father I was going to be, what kind of husband I wanted to be, what kind of friend I wanted to be, you know, what kind of, you know, uh, just, you know, person I wanted to be. I knew all the negative stuff and how it didn't work. And I had 
for sure thought that my brothers and sisters, you know, seen it also. And then, uh, you know, I've got, you know, two brothers that are older than me, a, a sister that's older than me, and a sister that's younger than me. So, uh, you know, my one you know, second to oldest brother, you know, just, you know, never really grew out of it. And at the age 22, got, you know, knocked in the head, threw in the river, and was poured out of the river eight days later and buried as a John Doe in Texas. You know, my oldest brother, you know, has spent more time now in prison, you know, than he has out of prison. And, uh, and I thought, you know, in the struggles that they went through and the choices that they made and they kind of didn't have a childhood it was just you know kind of raising the rest of our uh, of us and i thought well they didn't really even have a chance but you know I, i've learned by watching them where drugs and alcohol and all that stuff lead you so at least i don't have to go down that road and i thought well you know, and, and my younger sister you know sh she's seen it also and uh, so she's not going to go down that road Man, she turned out worse than all of them combined. I mean, she was like, <laughs> make a movie about this chick. I mean, she, you know, you, you see those the, the helicopters and the police chase and stuff. I mean, you know, she was in a, you know a couple of those and, and just, I mean, she's just a, a terrorizer, you know. And, and she's turned her life around now, but uh, you know, she didn't see it the way I seen it. You know, she was a little different. You know, a little younger, uh, maybe. You know, uh, things that you know I seen she didn't see maybe as the uh, the the age that I was at. You know, but that's what really set me on this whole personal development journey was, you know, I really wanted to know, you know, we all grew up in the same household, you know, what would make me, you know, decide different choices, you know, than them. And if I could really learn what it was for me, maybe I could share it with other people so that, you know, they could turn around and, and share it with other people and, and make a difference. But it is, it's, it's, it's who you decide to be that's really going to shape you. But, you know, and uh, it's the questions that you ask yourself. And I'm a firm believer of, of writing it down. I mean, what do you suggest? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, writing it down is, is so profound because one, just what I call it, is putting the putting um, you know, putting your thoughts on into black and white. And once you start to take that and you start to put it in black and white, then you have to be faced with it. Now you're looking at exactly what you're thinking. And a lot of times we don't even realize what we're thinking. So once we put it into black and white, we go, oh, really? Is that what I'm thinking? And mm. so I have a lot of exercises with my with my coaching clients where I have them do a lot of writing where they just write stuff down that they're feeling and thinking. And it's amazing how many times they say, well, I didn't even know I was feeling that way, but I, I must have because that's what I wrote down. So I think really just getting clear, very clear on their outcome. You know, Stephen Covey talks about beginning with the end in mind, knowing exactly what your outcome is, but then also saying, okay, what are the actions that are going to be necessary to get that end, that end result? But then you've got to have an inner game. You've got to have a belief system that will literally support those actions. Otherwise, you'll never take the actions, and therefore you'll never get the result. And that's why mm. I find that both people, whether they be professional athletes, whether they be people in the entertainment industry, top-level CEOs, school teachers, you name it, people that I'm coaching right now, the number one thing I'm finding out is that they're, they're having a weak inner game. Your inner game is saying, well, that's not the way I was raised. Or you okay, just wait, don't understand my background. Wait, 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 let me stop you right there, Bob, because, I, I mean, uh, I want people to, to have to hang on because as you're getting there, like you just mentioned, all these people that we think really have it together. And you're saying, look, here's you're going through these struggles because of that weak inner game, and you're getting ready to teach them how to, to make that stronger. So I want people to to you know, we're going to take a break. They got to hang on because I want them to to listen to what you you share with these these people that you know we normally look at them. We go, oh man, these those guys got it all. You know, like Tiger Woods. You look at them and you think, man, he's he's got it all, but yet he had that weak inner game. But you know, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want you guys to dial in nine one four three three eight. 1186. Again, that's 914-338-1186. This is the Brian Adams Show. We'll be right back.
that wake you up and make you think. And man, we've got Bob Dunnell here with us sharing some thoughts that have, you know, I know if they're making me wake up and think, they've got to be making you wake up and think. Brian Adams Show, produced and broadcasted by Zeus Radio Network for the social network of Hear Women Talk. Before we went to the break, you know, Bob was, you know, talking about the uh, creating that that winning inner game and, and uh, mentioned, you know, some of these, uh, whether it's the CEOs or the owner of these big companies or athletes or someone in the entertainment business. And I know we look at so many people and we think, man, that guy's got it together. And, and uh, you know, Bob was sharing that, you know, uh, they're going through transition or, you know, when you start work, when he starts working with them and they're not where they want to be, it's that weak inner game. And he was getting ready to share with us, you know, how he helps them you know, make it a strong, you know, create that strong, you know, winning game. Bob, what do you, what do you do for them? Well, you know, the first thing is to help them realize exactly where they're at. They've got to look exactly where they're at and see it for what it is. Um, and the second thing is, is once they take an assessment of exactly where they're at and then allow them to, to see it as it is, not worse than it is, but not better than it is. You know, I have, I have people that are saying, you know, Bob, I lost everything. I'm starting my company all over. I'm starting from zero. And I go, You've got to be kidding me. You're not starting from zero. Think about all the vendors and relationships that you've had from the past. Think about all mm. the experience that you've got. Think about all the knowledge and wisdom that you've learned. You're not starting at zero. You're starting at so far ahead from somebody who's truly starting at zero. So don't make it worse than it is, but don't make it better it is. Don't say, well, it's going to be okay. Because you know what? Some things aren't okay. When my daughter died, it wasn't okay. And we've mm. got to learn to say, you know, it's not okay. It's not just going to be okay. I'm going to have to take active measures to create it to be okay in the situation that I find myself in. And so we, we can't just say, well, whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to smile and, and grin and bear it. I'm just going to make the best of a situation. No, we need to start reframing some things. So I'll give you an example. When my daughter died, and this is probably one of the most, uh, you know, hardest things that most people tell me. When my daughter died was I said, um, I needed to start reframing it. There was no way to make it easier that my daughter died. But what I did yeah. was I reframed and I said, my mom had died when I was in high school. My mom was my only parent. I don't know my father. So because of that, my mom had died before she'd ever met any of my, uh, any of my children. So I imagined my daughter Macy sitting in heaven on my mom's lap, and she was the first grandchild fathered by me that my mom actually got to hold. Oh, now, man. in in doing that, it didn't make the pain of my loss of my daughter any better. What it did was it allowed me to reframe it and see it from a different vantage point, a different perspective, so that I could uh, not maybe feel better that my daughter had passed away, but that I could start reframing it and start utilizing that, start developing stories from that that I could begin to share with other people to help them in areas of transition. Look, if I can go through transition of losing my daughter, uh, you know, a, a, a bankruptcy, a repossession, a, a divorce, those those are hiccups compared to the, to yeah. the death of, of a child. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, oh, I mean, it, it sounds funny, but it didn't, but it, it, it's true because you know so many people right now that you know, that are crying, like you said, oh, I've lost everything or the house or this and that is, man, you know, to after losing uh, your, your child, I mean, that's, I mean, it, that's got to be it. I mean, what, if, if you can get through that and survive, you know, nothing else can, you know, phase you, I, I, I would think. But it, it, so many people get caught up in, you know, I've lost everything. And you, it's funny you said that uh, you know, the guy says, yeah, I man, I'm, I'm starting at zero. And 
I've heard uh, uh, you know Jim Rohn say, "Heck, you know you can you can cruise right past zero. <laughs> you could be starting from you know zero would be great. You know he's worked with guys you know, and we've worked with guys that you know you're starting from you know the negative you know uh, million and, and 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 climbing back up. But it's it, I guess it's the the the, the that inner game, like you said, that the thoughts that you have, the pictures that you're painting, because I mean, it almost uh, it gets tears in my eyes when you know, kind of, as you're telling the story of you know, your your mother's first granddaughter, or grand, you know, baby, you know, being up there with her and the one she got to meet, and, and that's the, the the pictures that I love to paint. You know, when my mom, you know, passed away two years ago, and and uh, you know, never really beat uh, the alcoholism. You know, it it, it kind of you know ended up getting the best of her, but you know, she just you know so many things that she had done. You know, in her life, and most of it was, you know, to us, uh, the, the children, that she just couldn't, you know, forgive herself for, and it was, you know, alcohol that was the only thing that she could find relief in that pain, and uh, and, and that was one of the pictures that, you know, I had to kind of keep telling myself as as hard as it was, uh, was, you know, I kind of just l- knew that, you know, she was out of the pain, and where she could enjoy and see that it, it wasn't all bad that she did, and how much of the great that she did, and. Uh, and, and and that was tough, but that was one of the you know the things that I had to you know keep telling myself that she was out of the pain. But uh, once they get that clear vision, you know, what do they do, Bob? Well, I think the the next thing they need to do is really need to start looking at their motivating factors. What are their their motivating factors? Um, it might be to create you know one of one of the gentlemen I was speaking at at a seminar. I said, what's your motivating factor? He says, I, I want to make a lot of money. I said, how much? He goes, I want to make $250,000 this year. I said, if you want to make $250,000, let me tell you that's not really what you want. And he says, of course it is. I said, no, because let me tell you that if I, if I allowed you to make $250,000 this year, but you couldn't spend it, you couldn't invest it, all you could do is put it under a blanket, and the day you died, it disappeared, and no one ever got to receive the benefit of it. He goes, well, what good would that mean? He goes, because and I said, what do you want to do with the $250,000? He yeah, said, I want, yeah. I want to pay off debt. I want to buy a new car. I want to buy a new house. I said, see, you want the benefits of the 250000 It's not the 250000 Our focus is always, it seems to be always on the thing that is going to give us a result. But really, yeah. the result is where our focus should be, not on the thing that's going to give us a result. Look at the result, because we may find that, that result, that same result from $50,000. What was it? Significance. What was it? Contribution. Mm. What was it? You know, it was about a lifestyle. He may be able to find mm. that in a lot of different things other than two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and he may just be looking at the wrong thing. Hmm. Yeah. That's what, yeah. And when you focus on, you know, the, like you said, the result, the end result, the things that are important to you, and you put that two hundred fifty thousand, you know, you know, I guess to the side, and, and and focus on the other things, it makes it a lot easier to make that two hundred fifty thousand. Absolutely, because because now you're going, now you're operating from the true core that's motivating you the most. $250,000, probably that same person, I can guarantee you, that same person will have the statement that says, money isn't everything. But all of a sudden, $250,000 <laughs> is the thing that's going to make them happy. Why is that? Yeah. Because they've got internal conflict going on, saying money's not everything, but in this case, it's the one thing that'll make me happy. Yeah. So we've got <laughs> to uh, change that. Yeah, Zig Ziglar says, you know, be careful of someone who says money isn't everything because they'll lie about, you know, other things also, or money isn't important, they'll lie about other things also. But, you know, we're getting close to the end of the show, and I don't want to, you know, uh, I, I want people to continue this conversation, you know, with themselves, uh, continue, you know, listening to the show, 
But more than that, I wanted to be able to, to continue, you know, with you. How, how, Bob, how can they get in touch with you? And, and uh, maybe you can talk about the show that you do on Wednesdays, the uh, Next Level for Success. I mean, it's uh, they even get to see your beautiful, adoring face uh, on, through the internet. I mean, how, how can we get in touch with you? What, what do we got? I mean, I mean, I want people to get more of this. Yeah, no problem. If you go to the website, www.nextlevel4success.com, nextlevel4success.com, on there, there's there's a lot of other things on there, but you can you can join the membership. You can do a trial run of it. Um, the the program is based on a Wednesday morning meeting that I hold online for my members anywhere in the world. They can be anywhere that they can get internet access. They can watch and participate in the show. So that uh, that live video streamed right to them wherever they're at. Then it's recorded and they can you know play it back if they miss the live thing. Um, on there, if you'll see, create the winning inner game. I'll just put mm-hmm. this. Create the winning inner game. If they plug, if they push that, it's a ninety-seven dollar program. But I'll tell you what: if anyone listens or subscribes to that, it's seven videos that will be downloaded to them immediately. If they do that and mention Brian Adams' show, I will give them one hour of free coaching in addition to that. So as soon as you get those videos, it'll have my phone number on there. You call in, set up the appointment. I will give you an hour of free coaching, which I don't do one sessions. I only do a sell them in blocks of four. But yes. I'll, I'll do it for this, and I, and, and I can guarantee you that we will get crystal clear on what it is that's holding you back. Man, I love that. I love it. And then uh, how about Facebook? How can they find you on Facebook? I know you, you post some stuff on there that I, I enjoy reading daily. You know, little, yeah, go little, little, little tidbits that you put on there. Bob Dunnell. Forward slash And it's the D-O-N-N-E-L-L, correct? Yes, sir. Two M's, two L's. Two N's and two L's. Man, next level for success, uh, creating a winner, winning inner game. Uh, I mean, because you just can't get enough. I tell people all the time is, you know, people think I'm Mr. Positive and motivation and stuff. And, and uh, man, I need it just as bad as everybody else needs it. I, I love having the conversations, reading the stuff that you guys post, uh, being there with you, the teleseminars that you guys do, the, the programs. You you, you, you got to fight back negativity. I mean, it's we're, we're bombarded with it, you know, through the news media and, and conversations that people hear at work when they're not paying attention to what's going on and, and uh, you know, creating that winner in, winning inner game. You've, you've got to be the one to, to make that choice. So, again, guys, if uh, please, you know, carry on with Bob. You know, it's next level for the number four success.com. Uh, Go there, sign up, find him on the, the, the Facebook. Bob, thank you so much for being with us and, and taking time out of your day. Tomorrow we got a great lady, Jody Renee uh, Silence from uh, Canada, and man, it's 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 going to be just as entertaining. I tell you what, first female that I'm interviewing so far, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Bob, again, thank you. Uh, to everyone else, please make today better than yesterday, tomorrow better than today. We are out of here.